0: We're not using this information to be manipulative. We're not using this information to herd them or force them into doing something that they potentially don't want. We're using this information for good. And I really wanted to mention that because when we're always thinking from a place of service, it will be a lot easier to get this right in a way that works and feels authentic and genuine for you.
1: By being personal with them and making them feel special, I think that's a key thing. If we can't make our prospects feel special, they're not gonna get closer and more intimate with us, which is what we will need the closer we get to that sales process.
0: Welcome to today's episode of Influence by Design. I'm your co-host for today, Samantha Riley, and here with my lovely co-host, Tim Hyde. How are you today, Tim?
1: I am fantastic, Sam. We're a month into the year already, 2023. Kicked off with a bang and really excited to be here again for another episode, sharing some advice, wisdom, tips,
0: casual insights. Totally. Today, we're going to be talking about how to be more deliberate with our influence. And I think this is a really important subject because whether we always realize it or not, we are influencing people. And it could be influencing them in a negative way, influencing them in a positive way. And really what we wanna be doing is influencing as many people as we can in a really empowering way. And today that's what we want to talk about because I think, well, you and I were talking before we hit record about the word influence. And I think that our Instagram influencers uh, over the past few years, I don't even know kind of when the real term of Instagram influencer came about, but it has, I believe, had a bit of a negative impact around this word.
1: Yeah, like I would agree with you, Sam. I think we're, we've seen a lot of people come into this space that are potentially coming in with a less than altruistic intent. Mm. Right? Rather than, and I have, look, to be honest, I have seen a, a big shift in that. I've been, we were talking about you know, some of the trends, and I've been jumping into about a thousand different short form reels across pretty much every channel now. And I'm even seeing, you know, Facebook. So sort of adopt some of the TikTok y kind of fun stuff that's happening. And and anytime we engage with other people, whether they be friends, family, clients, partners, prospects, whatever, in some way we are influencing them to an outcome, hopefully that benefits them in the same way that it benefits us. And there's that win-win relationship. And I certainly think that there's a maybe a bit of a legacy because of some of the influences that we've seen. Pop up over the last five to 10 years, particularly as social media has become a very much a mainstream channel of engagement. That some of those people haven't necessarily influenced people, you know, with a positive intent.
0: Totally. I think that there's a lot of thought when we use the word influencer, there's a thought of maybe people being a little bit manipulative, maybe people feeling like it's like a look at me look at me 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 it's all about me and that is certainly one type of influencer but we can be influential without having that thought around us and i really or we really want to have this conversation today because the the lit the meaning in the dictionary i don't know what dictionary this is (laughs) but the meaning of influence in the dictionary is the capacity to have an effect on the character, development or behavior of someone or something, or on the effect itself. So it really is important to remember that we are all influencers. And really let's get what's the word I'm looking for? Deliberate with the way that we're doing this.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's a really important thing. And being I mean, hence the name of this podcast, Influence by Design, being very deliberate and systematic about how we go around influencing people and what that influence is in the same way that we would look at your kids and go, Well, I want you to grow up to be X, Y, Z. You know, that's having an influence on their belief system. It's having an influence on their values, it's having an influence on their choices. And we do that with our in business as well. We have the same, you know, same sort of thing. You know, we have influence over our staff and the results we get from them, we have influence on the people that we work with in, in terms of other partners prospects and clients. And I know today, Sam, we're going to focus particularly on influence of prospects, mm-hmm. which of course we are for other people as well, mm-hmm. not just in terms of us influencing our prospects, but you know we're prospects for other businesses as well, aren't we?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I know that you went shopping on the weekend. We've had a very large discussion before we hit record <laughs> on vacuum cleaners, which is not what I was expecting to be talking about for about forty-five minutes this afternoon. <laughs>
1: but clearly, it was,
0: well, it, clearly, <laughs> I was very intrigued and asking a lot of questions to uh, entertain that conversation for forty-five minutes because, as it so happens, I am in the market for a new vacuum cleaner. But you shared a story about an interaction that you had on the weekend can you share a little bit about that because i think that will give us the context of what we're talking about today
1: yeah absolutely so we've had a, a dyson vacuum cleaner for probably the last 10 15 years and one of the things that i always loved we kept going back and buying a dyson i remember years ago one of the things that really impressed me in a way how dyson engaged with their customers post purchase was that they sent me a, a, a video email 30 days after purchase saying, hey, Tim, it's probably about time to change your filter. You may not know how to do this because you've, you know, you're a bloke and you've thrown the instructions out.
0: <laughs> instructions. Who needs instructions? Who needs instructions? They're <laughs> terrible.
1: And you know, here's a video as a refresher on how to do this particular thing to get the most out of your vacuum cleaner. Anyway, turns out the ones we've got is, has been dying for a little while now doesn't quite suck as much as it should anymore. And we were in the market for a new vacuum cleaner. Now, for our listeners outside of Australia, you will probably not know this brand, but we have a a retailer out here in Australia, a homewares retailer called Domain. is one of the big ones, I guess,
0: mm-hmm. in
1: Australia. And for a long time, we've shopped at Domain and we keep going back to the same store. We don't necessarily shop around. We've done some research online like a lot of people. Mm -hmm. and we were looking at a couple of different vacuum cleaners and decided that we would look at in this case the samsung one. speaking of which samsung offered me after a call to them the other day they gave me a whole bunch of discounts on about a thousand different things Mm -hmm. um so inside tip if you want a discount from samsung to buy from their online store call them up first Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) as long as you've got another samsung product you can get a discount for future ones inside tip Anyway, so we were there at Domain. We were in the the shopping, in the um, vacuum cleaner section. There are about a thousand different ones. Our research says we want to look at these, maybe 10. Of course, every time you go onto one of those comparison sites, they're all, I'm sure they're getting kickbacks, whatever. Mm -hmm. Of course. I'm I'm being influenced by what I'm reading online about which one I should go for and so on. Anyway, along comes the sales guy who we recognize because he sold us some products previously. Mm -hmm. And immediately, he says, let's take a look at a couple of things. Tell me about what it is that you're looking for. And we go, okay, well, we've got a five-bedroom house. We've got our son and two of his mates living with us at the moment because they their home situations aren't really ideal. So we've got three messy teenage boys, plus all their friends, and you know, and so on and so forth. Anyway, and he says, Well, why don't you come and take a look at this one? And he takes us across in this case to the LG Cord Zero. No, we are not getting endorsements from LG. But if LG want to get in contact,
0: <laughs> you know where we are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I look at this thing, and okay, it's quite amazing. And anyway, about, after about an, you know forty-five minutes of, of conversation about pros and cons of different vacuum cleaners, we walk away with this LG Cord Zero. Now, if you're watching the video, this one, um, I like this one because it comes with a it comes with a mop vacuum attachment head.
0: This is the bit that got me excited. You can mop and you can vacuum at the same time.
1: What? Amazing. But we're talking about the fact that we've got carpets and we've got lots and lots of timber floors and then there's, you know, tiles in the bathrooms and so on. He's going, "Hey, well, why don't you look at this one because this one will really fit what you need and you know there's a choice of five of them." And of course, naturally, we go and buy the top level one because it happens to ha- also have a docking station. That empties the little barrel for you at the same time, and you only have to empty the the little bag once every three to six months, depending on how often you vacuum. Right. So good. So I ended up spending thirteen hundred bucks on a vacuum cleaner, which sounds like kind of crazy. Like that's a lot of money. For it's a, vacuum a lot of money cleaner. for
0: a vacuum cleaner. But there's a piece of this story that you didn't share then. So you went back to where you'd always had great service before. Your salesperson has asked you all the right questions but he also remembered you didn't he
1: he did remember us so we've actually bought a couple of times not only from that one store but from the same guy and he was definitely we we've, we've, we've met before haven't we we've you know we've, you bought that and i think he mentioned that the because it was maybe 12 months ago we went and bought a, a washer dryer as well i said i remember you, you guys bought that washer dryer didn't you and He's going, yes we did so he immediately we're feeling a little bit special because mm-hmm. he's remembering out of like you must deal with hundreds thousands of customers right mm-hmm. he'd be dealing with 20 30 40 50 people every single every single day you know or mm-hmm. week and he's going oh you bought that thing last year didn't you mm. like, oh wow that's amazing yeah and i think the thing is you know that i could have bought any vacuum cleaner but here he is going very subtly influencing me to buy the top of the line, Mm -hmm. you know, cordless, cord zero LG stick vacuum cleaner. I don't know why we've given it a name. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's Rick the Stick now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure your wife is going to love that.
1: (laughs) She named him. She (laughs) named
0: it. Why doesn't that surprise me? Yeah. So what I love about this story is, Right from the second that you walked in, you felt seen, you felt heard because you were asked about what you were you were there for. you felt valued because the salesperson had remembered dealing with you before, and you felt understood because he was able to point you in the right direction and I think that that is really the most important piece about influencing you know people or or behaviors or or other things is really helping to create a much deeper personal connection with people so that they do feel seen and heard valued and that we do ask the right questions so that they feel understood
1: yeah one of the examples i've i've often given to people when we we look at how do we subtly create influence in a buying decision like you know like i was subjected to over the weekend we're all this this happens to all of us right we we've got our own you know predetermined decisions about how we buy and where we fit in the market but that can be influenced by a really good uh, sales process which we all do as as business owners mm-hmm. and one of the examples i've often used is if you go to a deli for example right and we've all we've all seen a deli there's a as a counter a glass counter chock full of cheeses and meats and seafoods and all kinds of you know Dips and yummy whatever. food, yummy stuff, right? <laughs> Which we look at and go, Ooh, right? Yeah, <laughs> it gets our imagination going, right? And there's always someone, you know, there's a there's a very disinterested, you know, teenager or or young adult standing behind the counter, going, "What do you want?" You know, like, <laughs> uh. right? And immediately you feel you feel deflated, right? You know, because their attitude influences your attitude. If they're upbeat and happy, mm-hmm. we go, oh wow, I wasn't expecting that. You're having a great day. So Mm -hmm. that sort of thing, right? But if they're down, if they're already down, you feel down, Mm -hmm. right? But you've also got got this subtle barrier between you because immediately you've got this big glass counter Mm -hmm. between you and the shop assistant. Now, imagine, for example, if that shop assistant was to come around the counter and be on the same side as you. Okay? Now, the important phrase there is the same side. Mm -hmm. We feel like we're on the same side. So our mate sales guy, Dave, was on the same side
0: yeah. as us yeah. he wasn't
1: the other way he was standing next to us
0: having a conversation having
1: a conversation say what are you trying to do tell me about your house
0: mm-hmm. right
1: who lives there
0: mm-hmm. okay why
1: don't you find this one imagine the same context in that delhi hey look i can see you looking for something mm. right yeah you know?
0: what's the event what's the event is this what's the occasion just something for the you know is it around the pool on the weekend yeah is it a dinner party yeah. what else are you serving and then all of a sudden if that person is using their expertise to help you they're going to be greatly influencing you if you don't know how to make that decision
1: that's right okay and so i imagine also if you're standing in front of the meat section they don't start talking about cheese
0: mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. they
1: talk about the smoked meats and different stuff or you're in front of the cheese section say well are you because are you thinking of cheese for before dinner or after dinner mm-hmm. right have you tried this one let's try this one Mm-hmm. right Oh, you know, it goes really well with da, 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 da. Okay. Now you'll be influenced in that context by the decisions we make, by someone sort of helping you arrive at the right decision. And if we think about this with our prospects, what is it that we can do as business owners to make us, as I said, you know, make our client, our prospect feel, you know, feel seen, feel heard, feel understood, feel valued in what it is we do? And it could be something as simple as making sure that we capture their name as part of our opt-in form and then using the name in the email that says, mm-hmm. hey, Sam, you know, mm-hmm. here's the resource that you that you requested.
0: Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm.
1: written this thing for you. And immediately as opposed to, you know, dear prospect, here is the resource. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Dear dear first
1: name. Dear first name.
0: I'm sure we've all had one of those. <laughs> <laughs> we've
1: all had a dear, <laughs> yeah. a dear first name. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, it immediately makes us a little bit more real, a little bit more connected than we would otherwise be if we didn't do that.
0: Let's talk about some other ways because we've talked about some situations that don't necessarily relate directly to us as coaches and service providers as we're, let's I'll put this in air quotes, as we're prospecting, as we're, you know, engaging with our audience. One of the things is to ask their names, but there's there's other things that we can use as well. For example, asking people, great, many people, so if someone opts in, I'll go one step back, if someone opts in for your free resource, maybe you could say, hey, look, many people that we work with are in one of three places. Tell me which place you're in right now. And having an A, B, C option, that straight away you can use, number one, to segment your list which means that you're delivering the information in your nurture sequence that's relevant to where they're at but it also means that you can deliver more of the right information at that time
1: yeah absolutely right and you've picked up a thing that i shared with you as well just before we went to air was actually passing the information from the opt-in form into a quiz diagnostic that's on the landing page That says thanks for sam for for downloading just curious you know which of these three things was the reason you you were interested Mm -hmm. you know Mm abc and you can then take that information and then again feed it back into the next question so again we're really starting to personalize it in the same way that if you were to meet someone one-to-one the first time you would say hey sam you know i'd love that color on you You know, where did you get it? Oh, I got it from, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know, the Cuba. You got it from, I don't know what shops you shop at, Sam, (laughs) David Jones. Where do you you shop?
0: Oh, my goodness. I shop wherever I can find something that I like. I shop there.
1: (laughs) I got it at their store, right? And I go, oh, my God, I love their stuff, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? So immediately you're starting to empathize with the person who's got something, right? But you're commenting, you're making comment and, and I guess building that relationship right up front yeah
0: totally right by
1: being personal with them and making them feel special i think that's a key thing if we can't make our prospects feel special they're not going to get closer and more intimate with us which is what we need the closer we get to that sales process
0: there's something i want to mention here and i meant to sort of bring it in as you were telling your story of your vacuum cleaner shopping experience on the week on the weekend and that was going back to something that I said very early in the episode, which is we think a lot of influencers being manipulative. And I think it's very important to mention this again, that even though we're helping our our prospects to, to feel seen, heard, valued and understood, we're not using this information to be manipulative. Mm. We're not using this information to herd them or force them into doing something that they potentially don't want. We're using this information for good. And I really wanted to mention that because when we're always thinking from a place of service, it will be a lot easier to get this right in a way that works and feels authentic and genuine for you.
1: Yeah, I think it comes back to really understanding who is it that you can best serve,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, and that necessarily isn't everybody. Hmm one of the ads that Facebook used to run, you know, for advertising on Facebook when they started to push that in a big way in the you know early teens around 2010, 2011, was they said there are a billion people on Facebook and they could all be your customers. All right? Which is they could be. They could be. They could. They could. All right? But unlikely. <laughs> Interesting <laughs> choice of words, right? But it's <laughs> unlikely. And and we don't want them to be. We really want to make mm. sure that we attract the people who we can we can best serve, you know, we know who they are. They're going to get really good value from us, mm. right? Not the ones that ultimately you get cringe when they pick up the phone and go, oh, only like this person again.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right?
1: You know, and, and in some ways we want to actually influence people away from us. Mm-hmm. So I am not the right fit for you and that's okay.
0: Totally. Not only is it okay, but it's much better for everyone. It's much better for you not attracting people that are not what we call behind the scenes, with the work I do with my clients, we call them Bollinger clients. Some people Bollinger call them- sh- clients. Bollinger clients. So Bollinger is a brand of champagne. Yes. So we talk about Bollinger clients and beer clients, <laughs> and we want to attract our Bollinger clients.
1: <laughs> not that they, I mean, not to say anything's wrong with beer, If you don't like
0: chat. There's nothing wrong with beer clients. There's not at all. But I think it's. Oh, there's there's nothing wrong
1: with beer. There's plenty of. No, no, there's less. (laughs)
0: Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take a bolly over a beer any day. (laughs) Anyway, we've totally gone off. So, you know, hopefully we've given you some things to think about on how you can be more deliberate with your influence in regarding to building your audience and attracting the prospects that are just right for you. I know next week we're going to take this conversation even further and start talking about how we can use this influence with our clients and also influence partnerships also.
1: Absolutely. I think we might even add in how can you influence your team.
0: Yeah, and actually you did mention it at the start of the episode and I was like, "Oh, nice one. (laughs) Nice one. We didn't have that on our list but added it already. Any parting thoughts, Tim?
1: I think this is, again, it's just being deliberate. Mm -hmm. If we're not deliberate, we will just find ourselves a place where we don't want to go, Mm. and I would encourage you to to look at 2023. I know you've got your theme. Sam, my theme is is deliberate, Mm -hmm. but really looking at how can we deliberately go where we want to go with the people we want to go Mm. there with. Mm -hmm. And if we're not doing that, we're not necessarily going to be doing everything, right? So just come back to being more deliberate about what am I doing what is the outcome i expect from that and you know who do i want to have in my world
0: mm, mm. i think my takeaway is that a lot of people think about as an influencer or as an influencing about constantly growing their audience and whilst we definitely do need to be constantly building our audience i think we also need to focus in on who can we influence that's already in our audience And how can we make the people, or make is not the right word, how can we influence the people that are currently already in our network to feel more seen, heard, valued, and understood? Because it's, you know, as the world becomes more connected, we can feel more disconnected and people really want to be seen and heard. So how can you create more influence in your world? Hopefully we've given you some things to think about. Tim, thank you for chatting with me about this topic. I think it's been fabulous.
1: I like this one, Sam.
0: Me too. Thanks for listening. We will see you in the next episode. Ciao for now.